athletes always have coaches. And I believe that having a coach shouldn't just be limited to being an athlete because in life, it's great to be getting the wisdom of people who've gone before and people who've kind of being around people who've done what you want to do and getting guidance from them. You're listening to the She Renovates podcast. You're listening to She Renovates, the podcast for women who want to renovate to create an income and a life they love. Hello, hello, everyone. And this, it's a bit unusual, but this week we're having a busy week. We are, it's our Women in Renovating an Airbnb 2023 workshop week. And as a special addition to the program, we're doing two podcasts. So one on Monday and one on Thursday. And today I have the wonderful Elizabeth Gordon. Now, the, there are a few reasons why I have Elizabeth on here. And the first one is because Elizabeth is not only a Wonder Woman, but she is also now our community manager. And so I wanted to introduce you to her and so that you could get to know her and her areas of expertise, but also to address the topic of serial course consumers because I think the more you get into a topic whether it's business or it's property you find that the high achievers have done quite a bit of training in lots of different areas and as has Elizabeth and I think one of the things that we tend to do is beat ourselves up because we've done a course and we haven't made our millions when in reality it's not uncommon to pick things from everywhere. So we're going to get into that in some depth and really around figuring out what's right for you because that's really what it boils down to. But before we'll do that, I want to welcome you, Liz, and just to ask you to Thanks, just Bernadette. Yeah, to introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. Well, Bernadette has already mentioned that I'm working at the School of Renovating. But I am a property fanatic. I've been interested in property since I made a decision in my, I was about 30, so I was a late bloomer, but to make a career or achieve passive income from property. So from that time, I've really been on a quest and I've done many different things looking for my, I suppose, my specialty. I'm not sure that I've found it yet. So perhaps the fact that I have tried so many things is my specialty, the ability to be flexible and curious. But as far as property goes, I have bought a small apartment in Lakemba, Wiley Park in Sydney. I have done a little reno of that. I've built two granny flats. I have moved a house from one location on a block to another. I've built a house and attached granny flat. I've done a one into three subdivision and I've done a one into two small lot subdivision. And most recently, oh, and that involved a renovation and most recently renovated our family home. Yes. So many things. 
over a long period of time. Yeah, and I think that's like, I'm going to say a common story, but I don't mean common in the low sense of the word, but that's, I think that happens a lot when you start playing around with renovating or with property, you start experimenting with different ideas and you sort of look for your sweet spot, I guess. So let's just walk through your two big projects. So the Barara one and the the Newcastle one, which is where Mm -hmm. you and I met. Do you want to just give me a, just a, I know we've talked about it at the conference, but just a quick rundown of, because I don't think that you really, I think you are quite modest about your achievements and I'd really love you to share those with the world. Oh, thanks, Bernadette. So the Barara Project actually came about from a seed of an idea that I had many years ago when I was reading property-related books and that was the desire to do a subdivision. We couldn't buy property in Sydney. We couldn't afford it beyond our little Wiley Park apartment. And so in order to do that, I did a little bit of study and I decided a little bit of work on a course and then I fully, I decided while I was at that course, I was going to play hard. And one of the things that we were advised to do was to call some people in our phone book, in on our phone, and ask them if they would be open to having a conversation about joint venturing. So I did that. And blow me if one of our good friends didn't say yes. So that was great. I then embarked upon this journey of finding a block of land suitable for a subdivision. And we started in Sydney in Hornsby and we had to move further and further from Hornsby in order to afford our property because prices were going up. But eventually, and I had in my head, we would do a one into two subdivision. But eventually we found a block in Barara where no one said that you could find a block for subdivision because all the developers had bought them. But this block was just sitting there with a house on it and no one wanted it. So we, led by me, I have to say, my joint venture partner, a a couple who were family friends, and I, we bought this block of land. We divided it, subdivided it into three. And originally we hadn't thought of keeping the existing house on the block because it was on the boundary. But as time went by, we explored the idea of moving the house off the boundary onto one of the lots, which we then did. And we sold one lot at the front, the most attractive lot. We kept, my joint venture partner kept the middle lot and my husband and I kept the back lot. And the result, and we built a house and granny flat, both of us actually, the JV partner and ourselves, we built a granny flat and a house on each of the blocks. And the upshot of that was 340000 at least 340000 in equity creation. And so... Can I just jump in there? Was that split yeah. between the two of you? No, that was each. Okay, so... Each. Okay, so brilliant. <laughs> that was great. And one of the reasons for that is because we only sold one lot. 
So we haven't had to pay tax on the full outcome of that subdivision, only on the lot that we sold. So then the joint venturing was great, but it had its challenges. And I always felt quite responsible for how the of the outcome of the whole joint venture and I felt it was quite a big responsibility. So I decided that for the next project, now I had some capital, I'd buy a house on a corner block in Newcastle and do a one into two lot subdivision. And in order to achieve that, we had to build a second house and I had to renovate the existing house. And then I sold both. And that took, it was right in the middle of COVID. I made a few decisions which I had to undo with the upshot that the project took about two years, but I made $190,000 profit. It was interesting. So very good outcomes both times. Interestingly, with the second project in Newcastle, the second subdivision, I found it a bit lonely. So it's funny my different responses to two different types of project. So let's just unpack that a little bit because I'm sure people listening will be thinking, oh, my gosh, going out, getting a family member to commit money to a project and uh, and taking responsibility for that. It does sound very daunting, but you did make sure that you were educated and you had coaching to support you through that. Now, that's correct, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. In fact, I am someone who likes to make, to set myself up for success. So I've had this philosophy of educating myself right from the beginning. I worked for Austrade for a number of years and that culminated in a position of trade commissioner in the United Arab Emirates for four years. And that was where our daughter was born. And the reason I tell this story is because the reason I wanted to work for Austrade is so I could see how successful business people did business. And after Catherine was born, I was in my early 40s and I thought, okay, girl, you now you've got to stop watching other people and start doing it because otherwise life's going to go by. So I had for a long time known I wanted to do property projects and I had been educating myself right back from the early days of when we had no money and I wondered how on earth I was going to achieve things, but I was reading about subdivision. And then I've even got an old book from a South Australian couple. I don't even know if they're still doing education, but it's very, very old about how to do a subdivision. And then I was a member of another group that really was about development and I got the courage to do this subdivision from being a member of that group. But ironically, that was only a three-day boot camp. So I did the boot camp and then I thought, okay, this is it. I, I just have to do it. And I actually went out as a result of that three-day boot camp and my previous reading and did that subdivision. But the boot camp had given me like a checklist and a joint venture agreement sample and a few things like that which I took into that process and the the rest of it I learned by doing. So someone said once that you can't 
learn to swim by reading a book. And <laughs> I think that's right. At some point you have to leave. And that's what I, I did. I completely agree. I must admit, I thought you were part of the coaching program. Well, when you- actually, after we did the subdivision, I thought, blimey. And I had paid for that boot camp for a three-day boot yep. camp. Yep. But I thought, geez, if I can do a three-day boot camp and do this, produce this outcome, I better get educated because imagine what I could do with education And I have to say one more thing in response to your question about education. I'm committed to lifelong learning and I years ago read about the fact that athletes always have coaches and I believe that having a coach shouldn't just be limited to being an athlete because in life it's great to be getting the wisdom of people who've gone before and people who've kind of being around people who've done what you want to do and getting guidance from them. So I have done a number of property-related types of education in my sort of 20 years of property to date. And can we, just out of transparency, can we just say who that was? I just think that that would be a good thing. So who did you do that program with? Mm. Well, I've done lots of things. So I've been to Steve McKnight seminars. I've been to, I was part of the Property Women's Network and I still am actually run by Joe Badillo. I was a part of Nyan Nguyen's course. So Advanced Property Strategies. He's a Brisbane-based developer. And that's where I did, my home was when, after I did that subdivision and while I was looking for the next subdivision. Beautiful. And now, of course, a member of the School of Renovating, she renovates. Yeah. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, don't worry, I'm not going to let that slip by. <laughs> I didn't think you would. <laughs> I just wanted to go back to you said that there were a few couple of mistakes that you made in the Newcastle project that you had to undo. Do you mind me asking what they were? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, One of the mistakes was my choice of builder. So in Newcastle, you can subdivide. It's a very development-friendly council. You can subdivide a small block, but you need to commit to building a second dwelling in order to do that. And so I went into that and I chose a builder very early in the piece and I thought I could work with them to develop up the outcome that I wanted But as I went through that process, the end price of the build wasn't what the beginning price of the build was. And it put me in a very uncomfortable place and I thought, I just want to get this thing done. And so I made a mistake. I went with the wrong builder initially. When you say the end price wasn't the same, so you're saying lots of variations came in? I'm saying, I guess, at the beginning... They estimated that a build like I was proposing on a very small lot, little three-bedroom house should cost about 270000 And in the end, the build price was about 360000 So their build price was going to be about three thirty, and then I was going to have to, that was not turnkey, I was still going to have to do landscaping and finishing. So that was going to be about another 20000 
it was way different that you can imagine. There was yeah. sort of ninety seventy to ninety thousand dollars worth of growth in the price, and I just couldn't make the numbers work. Yeah, and do you think that was a strategy on their part, or do you think that what like why I think was? Yeah, I just would do things completely differently now. It was possibly a strategy and it was possibly also scope creep on my part. Okay. And yeah. I that was the first time I had built a house with a kind of project home builder. My previous build was with a manufactured home builder out of a factory and I just feel like I was learning. But what I learned was, I guess, the hard way was that one of my mentors has said to me, look, if it's going to cost more than $1,000, you really need to be getting more than one quote, Liz. And I just fell into the trap of trusting this potential builder. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes, and when you're spending 300000 it does make sense and that you would put maybe more diligence into that process than into most of your day-to-day decisions. Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for that because I'm sure that is very helpful to other women that are listening to this. Now, the strategy that Liz is talking about, we call microdevelopment, which is really around small development, but using the renovating to give it some extra power. And so... Thank you. We're getting some lovely comments. So can I just say, if you're going to comment, if you could give StreamYard permission to show your name, that would be awesome and we could respond to you by your name, which would be great. Gosh, I've lost my train of thought. Oh, yes, microdevelopment, that we use the renovation as a way of giving it wings. Now, often it's where you renovate the house and sell the property to and put that money back into the deal but with this case you actually sold a house and land package which was and kept the house which was another way of doing it that's what I love about property there is a million ways you can slice the cake it's figuring out which is the best way for you yeah yeah I think micro development is especially powerful because you have more than one exit strategy And I think it's very important, no matter what type of development that you're doing, even with a renovation, you have to have a plan A and a plan B because things can turn on a dime. And micro-development usually gives you a plan C and a plan D at the same time. So it's just more, I guess, more robust if the market changes. Absolutely. So I know when we first bought the Achuka project and you had said to me that you thought if we move the house back, because currently the house is at the front, that may give us more capacity. And so, yeah, that's sort of an example of the different strategies. And we've chosen not to go that way for lots of reasons, but it is about figuring out what the best way is for you. So so we first met when Wonder Women were at the retreat in the Hunter Valley and we came and visited your project. And I have to say, I was very impressed. You you Thanks, did a great Benedict. job. Yeah, you did a great job. And you basically, I know you think 190000 isn't enough, 
but for a two-year project. But I think given the circumstances, I think that's most people would be pretty happy with that as a return. Yeah. 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 So given that you at this point in time are quite accomplished, like you've successfully done two great projects, what would make you think that you needed to join Wonder Women? Mm. Well, there's a couple of things. I have learned that property development or renovation involves elements of being like on a roller coaster. And I don't really like roller coasters on my own. I'd never go to a theme park and sit there and go up and down by myself. It's not very nice. Somehow it's much better when you've got others around you who can pick you up if you need picking up or that I might be able to pick up because, and so that's why I think that probably all my life I will be members of groups that uh, offer education and training and support. And I got to know Wonder Women because whilst I was going up and down to my Newcastle project, I was listening to your podcast and actually my whole renovation was based around your podcast. (laughs) And then Judith Taylor said, oh, do you mind, Liz, if I bring a couple of women around next week? Will you be on site? And I said, well, yes, coincidentally I will. And so you arrived and I had no idea it was the Bernadette Jansen (laughs) and this troop of ladies. So I really enjoyed meeting you and getting feedback from the women in the group and from you. And I thought, Well, because I had been thinking of joining. Joe Vadillo had been telling me about you for seriously five years and the time time was right. But I think I've really found my home with Wonder Women. It's just fantastic and there are lots of reasons for that and I'm happy to share some of those if you would like. (laughs) We'll get into those in a minute. But And, of course, now you're on our team. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't expect that. No, that was a bit of serendipity, I think, that that caused that and which I'm absolutely thrilled about for lots of reasons. One, because you have a generous spirit and it's. I think that in what we do you need someone that wants the best for everyone in the program and is willing to really do what it takes and that's certainly you and One of the things, something happened last week and I said to Liz, I don't really know whether we should address this or not, but I decided I would. And I saw an email come out from another program and was boasting two of its members having finished their fourth flip and that being as a result of their program. But when I read it, I realised that those two members had been teamed up before the first of those four flips in our Wonder Women program because I was actually a bit surprised thinking I don't think that they they have a program like ours. I think it's just an online course and sort of membership, but yes. So, and it made me wonder, and that's fine, but it made me think that do people think that they can, that they would go and do that course and think that they would be able to do that from that course. 
And I think it's important to address what it is that you need from a program because different people need different things. And so when you're faced with lots of options, I know we've talked about the fact that high achievers usually have a go at everything. And like we have a lot of women in our program that have done just about everything under the sun. But really looking at something and figuring out, is that going to be right for me? And I think you've got to really know yourself and know what your needs are. So some people could go in and do a course and then go off and make 100, 200,000. Oh, we have people that have done our program and doing big profits one after the other. Other people need more support and particularly newbies, people that have not really done a lot with renovating and property in the past, I think need more support. So need to look for something where they are going to get a bit more hand-holding. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So the reasons why I'm in the group are possibly a bit different to others. Yeah. But when you're starting out, you really need examples of how things can be done to keep you motivated, but you also need some concrete course material. And I think even though I'm experienced When I joined your course, I went online and did the 100K reno program, for example, and I used that with our most recent renovation. And I've also done the coursework for my Airbnb empire. And it's great because I do things as I need them and I actually go back to them because I find that my mind can't take it all in I can't work through eight modules and then have it all stick initially. So I go back, which is great. So a new person probably needs the fundamentals, although I have benefited from that. But a more experienced person is joining and staying on for possibly additional reasons or different reasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's what I was surprised when you said that you had done that first development without any coaching. Mm. Uh, and because three I know. Days. Well, three days. Sorry? I know. I had three days of coaching. I know. That's amazing. And so how did you manage when things went wrong? Because they always do. Yeah. My poor husband, he's not a he's not particularly interested in property. He likes it when I make a profit. He lets me go. So he's very supportive. But the poor guy, geez, when things weren't going well, he got a bit of a a support need hammering. And I had the joint venture partner, but I felt like I had to um, bluff a lot. So for me, when things, because I couldn't let him know, I was really concerned about quite a few things because it was also new. But I did have my group of women that I'd been going for dinner with, including Joe Vadillo for a long time. And so they listened to a lot of the ups and downs. So that's really how how I managed that. Yet I needed people who could listen to me and support me and encourage me because there were things that didn't go according to plan. Big time. Absolutely. And it's interesting you say that about Joe because I... I had to present last week about that deal I did last year where I made 700000 in 30 days. 
And when that sort of started to emerge, the opportunity started to show up. I was at a conference with her and I said to her about this and I was just too busy really to, like I was too distracted. And she said to me, you really need to look at that because that like, I think that that's going to develop into a big opportunity. And, you know, it's interesting that's the same person, but it's really around having also around having a great brains trust to like help you when you're really distracted and and not giving things the right attention to help you to prioritize where you are looking. So yeah, that's a really valuable aspect. The brains trust is incredible because Joe Joe also urged me to focus on getting myself out of a very deep hole that I felt I was in on one of my other programs. But the variety of opinion or ideas, the creativity of other people is just astounding. So that's what I really get from other people and Wonder Women because often there is a solution. It's just that I can't see it because I'm looking at the problem through my own lens, which has got all its special Liz blinkers on it. But other people are just so different and I've benefited very much from that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Actually, your recent Airbnb, do you want to talk about that or will we skip over it? No, look, I think it's relevant. So there are a a couple of things that I would say that I love about Wonder Women and you might be going to ask me some things as we go. But one of the things is that we bought a property to be our principal place of residence and interest rates have skyrocketed. I renovated that property and now I don't think I can afford to live in it with my family in a in a comfortable way, partly because my life has changed, my work has changed, and that's led me to work for the School of Renovating. But when you're faced with a problem like that, it's so good to be in a group where Airbnb has been posed as a potential strategy. And even last week, Bernadette, after we'd had a call and the Wonder Women have been throwing in ideas about helping me find and make bookings, you gave me a fantastic piece of advice, which was, oh, Liz, maybe you should consider using your house for retreats. And the amazing thing about that was it switched my mind onto that world of possibility. But then three days later, I got a booking serendipitously from a group that wants to use the house as a retreat location. So I just have to say that Wonder Women has helped me solve or begin to solve my problem around my principal place of residence. Absolutely. And while we're on the subject of retreat and that particular property, it is a lovely property. And one of the ideas was the fact that it does lend itself to retreats. And what Liz and I have talked about is running a beta model, retreat model, and really testing the whole model. So watch out for this because we will be offering places for that. So I just thought I'd pop that in there, Liz, as we move along. So Yeah, it's very good. And that's the thing. And there's so many women in the group that have their own particular 
expertise and it's it gives you this beautiful melting pot of different skills and yeah and insights yeah and I think that the great thing about it is because the group is quite small like it's probably about 40 people maybe and so you are getting to know everyone quite well and so you understand what their needs are as opposed to a big group where there's thousands and you might make a few close friends but you've not got those bonds on in the same way. Mm. So we've, we've had someone comment and say, thanks for being so honest and real with your property journey, Liz. There are more amazing things coming your way. Ooh, who is that? I'd Thank love to know who that, that is. Someone Thank who you. knows. <laughs> there most certainly are. So one of the things I really wanted to clarify is that if you are planning to do a course, do a program, you really started on this and then I moved another way you really want to work out what your needs are if you're someone who can pick up a system and just run with it then there are lots of programs for you because there are lots of great education programs out there many of our our wonder women have done a range of them so I I have had feedback about what they offer but if you need someone who gets value out of that additional support, which is what we do, then I think that's where we, that's where our strengths lie. Would you agree with that, Liz? Absolutely. And can I add that it's not just the sort of intimate group that is so valuable. For me, what I get is that you and the group are interested in me as an individual and the strange nuances of Liz and her vision for the future and so on. And what I get is kind of tailored feedback from you and from the group and it's very business-orientated advice. So I'm not even sure if you know that you do this, Bernadette, but, for example... I've wanted to move a Queenslander and create a beautiful house. And ironically, the house that we bought, which which I've just renovated, is I think it's my Queenslander and we didn't have to move it, but it's got all those hallmarks. But the thing that I initially I wanted to do a podcast about moving a Queenslander because I felt that if I talked about it enough, it would come true. And you encouraged me and I did do one episode of a podcast And then ironically, my house turned up and so I just didn't have the energy to continue. But you encouraged me to do that. You also, the solution that you proposed or the idea of the retreats for our property is a very business-orientated retreat idea. So not only do you know me personally, not only are you giving me property advice, but what appeals to me is because I'm a bit of a business junkie, you are giving me ideas and advice and so is the group but that's very business orientated it's not about it's not about renovating a house to be beautiful or in a magazine although i hope one day my house is it's about just getting the best financial outcome or and being that person that you that i want to be yeah where my interests lie and that's unique, Bernadette. 
Well, I'm I'm very grateful for that because I personally, well, I know that what we're doing is actually a business and while we come out at it with our passion for creating beautiful spaces, if that's where we stay, we don't get the outcome because plenty of people create beautiful homes and it doesn't really deliver what they want. So that's why I think it's really important when you are thinking about improving your life with renovating or any property strategy that you come at it from the problem, not the, because the project is the solution, but you come at it from the problem. So I need an extra 100000 a year income, okay? So the automatic go-to is not, okay, I'm just going to go and renovate a property. It's look at the options. So you could do that by buying a unit or a house and flipping it. You could do that by doing a micro development and you'd probably make more. You could do that by renting some Airbnbs, not even buying them and doing them, doing an arbitrage model. So then it's the idea is working out what's right for you. How is that right for you? And figuring out the way forward based on that, based on your personal needs, your time availability, your skills and so on. So yeah, that's where that's where I think because often if someone's coming in and thinking about working with us, they'll come in with a project and say, this is the project, can you have a look at it? And say, there's no point in having a look at it until we know what you're trying to achieve and whether that project's going to deliver it because otherwise, and the reason I know this is for probably between 10 and 20 years, I did exactly that. I focused on the project. It didn't get me to where I wanted to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's fantastic. The other thing I would say, the other reason why I'm here is because as I was listening to those podcasts, I was getting a sense of Bernadette Jansen and the your giving nature. So I was listening to your podcasts about how you did that renovation in inner city Sydney and you talked people into contributing to the project and then you donated the whole profit to charity. Was that hands across the water? It was, yeah. Yeah, a move, huge move amount of money. I was just going to say move over, Mother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but for someone like me, that's really meaningful. There are not many other e-courses where the founder has a real altruistic sense. It's like, I correct me if I'm wrong, Bernadette, but when people become Wonder Women you make a donation to a charity in India which gives people that donation helps them have a mobile phone which helps them do their work yeah. uh, creating. So and not only that, I mean, altruistic altruism is really important to me, but the spirit of altruism comes through in the group because the women are all kind of interested and willing to to help one another and I think that is really really invaluable they'll go beyond the call of duty to help and support one another and it's a really nice thing so I think that culture of giving permeates the whole all the education that you provide and the groups within Wonder Women. Well thank you Liz that's very kind of you to say I um obviously feel a bit sheepish but yeah 
as I say, Mother Teresa needs to move over because apparently I'm taking her spot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I think we've pretty much covered the topic. What, oh, my gosh. Sorry, I'm just reading the notes that James has written for me and realised I haven't addressed any of them. But I will, I'm sure I will be spoken to in stern words later. So for those of you who don't know, and I know that this is being streamed into the Women in Renovating Facebook group, we are running a workshop this week. It, there's three main sessions, one tonight, one tomorrow night, and the big one on Thursday evening. And it's really around what's available for women in renovating an Airbnb, and in particular in 2023, it's really important to be aware of what's going on in in the market and as we're going through changes again, there always seems to be changes and we ne- it's really important to be current and up to date with what's going on. And if you would like to join that week of activities, we will have a link under the, the recording of this, this podcast. And we would love to see you over there. We kick off at six tonight. And Elizabeth, thank you for joining me. I hope that we've done the topic justice. I know many people have enjoyed hearing your story. And I have to say, it's a very impressive one. And I feel extremely honoured that we have you in our team and in our community, because you're just such an awesome person and, and so kind and humble which I am not. (laughs) Yes, you are. But no, thank you. I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed telling my story. And one of the things I'm doing at the moment is a bit of mindset coaching. And I've been, because when things get a bit difficult, it's you've said, and I think it's true that you need to, motivation is a bit like bathing. You need to do it every day. And so I'm doing some mindset coaching work and telling telling part of my story even though it's got ups and downs is really good because it helps helps me see the all the good and the the upside of it so um I just, that's a bit of my awesome thank you oh I love that love that <laughs> own it Elizabeth beautiful well listen there's some lovely comments coming through and so thanks everyone for listening thank you Elizabeth and We'll see you, we'll see some of you this evening and then we'll be back on Thursday with another amazing Wonder Woman and this is someone that you may not have heard too much about. This is Lauren Maitzig and she is an absolute legend. I think I added up that since she's joined us, she has done, she's on her fourth project and her fifth Airbnb and she's got two little kids and she's a machine. So we're going to be catching up on her story. So thanks, everyone. See you Thursday. This is the She Renovates podcast. To discover how to harness the power of renovating, check out theschoolofrenovating.com.